Hey guys, it's Edge Martinez. They call me the voice of New York. And 50 years ago, hip hop started right here in New York City. And we're celebrating the five boroughs all year long. Check out nyctourism.com forward slash hip hop for cultural stories, events, interviews, and more. nyctourism.com forward slash hip hop. We're here with uh, Quincy Carter. Um, God, it's, it's great to finally connect with you, Quincy, and uh, re- reading about your story from afar and how open, how transparent you've really been on kind of the different rock bottoms you've went through, how you climbed out. I just feel like you're saving lives by, by being open like this and, and having conversations like this. So uh, th- thanks so much for sharing it with Go Long. Oh, man. Thanks a lot, man. Thanks for having I guess, where does it start, Quincy? I mean, I think a lot of people out there still probably remember you as star at Georgia, right? High pick, second round, Dallas Cowboys, Jerry Jones wants you. You're going to replace Troy Aikman. You, you went to the playoffs. You went 10-6. and six, You had success. And then, poof, football-wise, people just didn't hear from you. They don't know what happened. So um, take, us, take us on the rise first, the good times. Uh from college to the pros yeah uh, well heck i'm gonna back you up a little bit uh into high school you know um and i had a um a great time man as a kid growing up in decatur georgia man uh, with all the you know athletes i was growing up around uh atlanta was starting to you know, really cultivate into being one of the major cities in the country. We got the Olympics in 96. Um, And then also, uh, you know, winning the state championship, you know, in 1995, man, my senior year in high school. Uh, So, man, you know, those are some great times. Uh, College, you know, going to the University of Georgia. Well, heck, I'm skipping over baseball a little bit because I got yeah, drafted right. in baseball. The Cubs. A little baseball. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, man, uh, college was great. You know, going to the University of Georgia is a blessing in itself with all our rich uh, tradition. Uh, but then being blessed enough, you know, to take my talents to the NFL, man, was just such a blessing. It really was. What's going through your mind when – the Dallas Cowboys draft you to be the heir apparent to a, a Hall of Famer. I mean, I mean, really, that you were that guy. That they, they got around to it finally after Troy Aikman. He has a concussion. He leaves the league. I mean, Quincy Carter is going to be the face of the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah. Well, you know something? Before I broke my hand in college, honestly, uh, you know, a couple names being mentioned, and I was one of them uh, with – you know, the likes of Drew Brees and Michael Vick. And this was right before I broke my hand um, and uh, in my junior year. 
so so you know, I had to fight my butt off after breaking my hand. Some you know, some marijuana rumors out there about me being a leader and kind of things like that. I was fighting throughout the draft process. You know, I had to really come in and prove myself. Uh, so I, honestly, it was spoiled a little bit because I found out before the draft, a couple of days before the draft, that actually the Cowboys were going to be drafting me. Um, so I knew firsthand who was going to be drafting me anyway. So I got you know, I didn't get too much of a surprise uh, because my agent pretty much told me, hey, if certain teams skip over, you know, that's who's going to come and get you. And then the Cowboys is going to jump up no matter what if they got win or somebody, you know, picking you. So uh, so that was spoiled in itself a little bit. Um, but so so I say all that to say this, man, I, I didn't care who drafted me. Now, I was blessed, you know, that the Cowboys did. But I wanted to go prove that I can play in the NFL because, you know, you hear some of the naysayers out there. You try to block it out as much as you can. But, you know, I heard some things. Um, so it didn't matter, honestly, who I got drafted by. But I was blessed enough to put a star in my helmet, man. I'm forever grateful for it, though. 53rd overall in the 2001 draft. And I, I want to say it was maybe the preseason. They were using you in the option a little bit, and people didn't know what to make of it, right? It's like <laughs> – uh, the Cowboys are idiots. Why, why would they do this with a quarterback? Now we see RPOs in like every offense. So you're probably watching today's football like, oh, what, what the heck, man? We were, we were trying some of this stuff back then. Yeah, well, honestly, man, you know, uh, the Cowboys was actually, Jack Riley was using me as best as he could so he can slow my maturation process down a little bit and then I can continue to grow. Uh, so the things that I kind of felt comfortable in, we talked about it. Um, you know, it wasn't a whole bunch of reading yeah. over the middle at first early on, but anything one-on-one outside, you know, comebacks and curls and, you know, things of that nature, uh, I was real comfortable with. So we were just trying to do things that I was comfortable with. But, yeah, um you know, uh, that read option, well, I do think about that some days. So. <laughs> Although, now, it's not a big hit in the NFL. You know, it really is not because of the athletes, you know, getting sideline to sideline, the hash marks are shrink, so you don't get to spread out defenses as much as you can. Uh, so it's not a big, you know, um, it's not a big winner in the NFL. You get your guys – Every, you know, four or five years who can do it, like your Lamar Jacksons, your Robert Griffins, people sprinkling in, but you can't make a whole offense out of it. <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah, it's yeah. not the basis for what quarterbacks mm-hmm. can really do to yeah. play in and play out. But, you know, by year three, you know, Bill Barcells is the coach, and you go 10 and 6. I want to say you threw for 3,000 yards, 17 touchdowns ran a little bit, you make the playoffs. Th- things are good at that point, right? I mean, you're turning a corner. Mm-hmm. Turning a big corner. Uh, we had a great year. Um, and uh, our defense played their ass off, too. You know, I know a lot of people give me credit, you know, for being a playoff quarterback, which I was. Uh, but I played around some dang good defensive players, too. And uh, has some great teammates on offense, too. But, yeah, man, you know, I end up failing the test going into this fourth year uh, in the drug program. And, um, you know, man, I when I look back on it, you know, now, uh, 
I started a habit at 16, 17 years old, smoking weed that followed me until I was 26, 27 years old. And then when it was time to stop, you know, I didn't have that control to stop because I've been doing things the way Quincy wanted to do it all his life. And so I started depending on it, you know, and um, I started taking, <clears throat> being able to take the edge off of the pressure or uh, I don't even know if you want to call it pressure, but, you know, to a sense, you, you almost have to, uh, or else why would you be doing this? You know, and one of one of them was taking that edge off. The second one was, hey, I've had a problem at 26, 27 years old. It got worse, you know, at the football. And uh, when the thing that I love, you know, really hurt me to get cut like that. So, uh, so yeah, man, so the wheels really starting to fall off. You know, I went to the Jets for a year. Um, then the wheels really started to fall off after I didn't get signed. And that same, um, you know, I don't know if it was an addiction at 16 and 17, but hell, you know, it became one at 27, 28, 29, full-fledged, you know, um, and it followed me. And things just continued to get worse, the arrest, you know. And, uh, man, I tell people, man, if, uh, if you even think you got a problem, you know, um, man, you got to get you some help, but not only get you some help, you got to be willing to go through this process again, through the 12 steps, you know, and really living a life of recovery. If I really live and wanted, if I, if I really tried to live a life of recovery back at 27, 28, when I knew I had a problem, but I didn't want to admit it, my whole life story would be a whole nother story. You know, but I took myself through that pain and that misery thinking, you know, I can still cope and, you know, do some of the things um, that not even possible to do and to try to have the life that I was trying to have, you know. But I didn't really have actually that defense. And that defense is these 12 steps, a higher power, which is God for me, and really working this recovery. And so since I wasn't really, you know, I was in and out of rehab, but I wasn't working a life of recovery. And so I wasn't getting the results. Yeah. And that's the bottom line. Yeah. Was it strictly marijuana, alcohol, other drugs? What, what kind of did it entail, the addiction? I, I graduated to cocaine. I did. But it started with just weed, a little bit of drinking, because I didn't even like to drink. But once I got cut, you know, some pills uh, got mixed into that addiction a little bit, the weed, the alcohol. And, yeah, I graduated to cocaine eventually. What does a day-to-day life look like for you then, Quincy, when you were at your worst with it all? Um, how much are you using? What, what, what's the feeling like when you're just kind of toiling in this existence? <laughs> Let's just say it was purity hell, you know, Um I don't go into bragging about, you know, the downs or whatever, because everybody's got this story. Uh, but it was a, I, I'll put it like this. It was a, a, a chase for my serenity. And my serenity sometimes involved in me being stoned just to get by. Because when I wasn't, I was miserable because I did not have the tools or was not really going through recovery to really feel my spirit all right, and live that life where I know things are going to be okay. Getting to a meeting, calling a sponsor, 
going and helping somebody else, getting outside yourself and helping somebody else. All right. I wasn't using those tools and really entrenched in the recovery. So there were times that my peace and serenity, sadly to say, when just so I can goddamn not go crazy all the way, all right, was through drugs and alcohol. Yeah, absolutely. It just gets you through the day. I mean, you, you need it in your head. You need it to survive. To survive. You dang so right. You dang so right. Did you know that it was doing you extreme harm, like in the moment? Like, did that hit you at any at any time? And this is your late twenties, right? Yeah, uh, late twenties. Hell, all the way into my thirties. Um, in and out of the program, going to rehab, getting you know, uh, I would call it you know, getting fixed up, letting God dust the you know the 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 dust up off me. And get me back on my feet, and then I want to go back off and do a Quincy way. Yeah, but I was only able to see that when I went through rehab. But then when I started going to rehab, it was like, whoa, okay, now I got to do the hard work, all right, to get through some of this pain. And I avoided that pain. I avoided looking at who was the real reason of, uh, of me failing that test and then getting cut. And now I'm ended up in, in New York and it's 20 degrees, 20, 30 degrees in September and snowing in September. You know, I was the reason of that. I was the reason of why I was broke. I was the reason of why, you know, my relationships with my kids was dwindling, you know, out of control. And if it, if it even was a relationship with my kids, you know, and I didn't want to face that hard pain. And so the results of it was, was medicating myself with drugs and alcohol. Yeah, which has to feed a depression, right? I mean, you're because you're you're watching football too. You're thinking I should be out there in addition absolutely. to this all. Yeah, absolutely, and it all feeds hand in hand with each other. And then, especially on top of the head injuries that you've already suffered, and then you're not, you know, on your medicine the right way you should be. Then, man, listen, you just in a uh, a whirlwind of just disaster. Several arrests too that you mentioned. I mean, you mix that in. That's so. We've had Ryan Leaf on here, Alex Green, several you know former players that have kind of dealt with various drug issues, addiction issues, and I feel like it always kind of comes back to one common theme of I had to look in the mirror, like I just yeah. and say I have a problem. It's my ass. I got to figure shit out. And like this, just really hard conversations with yourself. When did you, I, I guess I'm guessing you, you probably had a moment like that. I would have put words in your mouth, but like, what was that one final rock bottom for you? That was like, okay, I got to get it together. And, and how did you start turning it around? I've had a couple, man, you know, sadly to say, but this last one, uh, I'm in an extended stay hotel. It's July 2019, man. Me and my ex-girlfriend, we got into another just crazy fight after a crazy night um, of just partying, man. And uh, and when I say fight, not physical fight, but argument, you know. Um, and then um, and then yeah, man. I you know that morning, you know, I got on my knees, man. I was crying my balls off, and I got on my knees. Did I just say that? I got on my knees. <laughs> oh my God. I'm sorry. 
to anybody I offended. But I got on my knees, man, and I asked God, man, you know, to just take complete control of my life. And then the next thing that happened, I was on the phone with Hollywood Henderson, man, and um, and Hollywood called a good friend of his, Marcia Stone, up here in this office that I'm working in right now. Um, and uh, he called her, and uh, I came to BRC. I was they were down there in the valley in West Laco, Texas, to pick me up at BRC within six hours. You know, so yeah. Um, that was that moment where, you know, only thing I could do is just cry out to God and ask me. And then my next thoughts, you know, which I know God placed into me. Hey, you need to call Hollywood and go get you some help, man. And I hadn't turned back since, you know. Uh, I've committed to, uh, and just like you just said, to looking deep inside myself. You know, one of the things, um, you know, I had to really do, man, is I had to really work these steps. And I had to get through a hard step forward, getting these resentments out. You know, I had to go through steps eight and nine where we're making amends. But then more importantly, number one, you know, I had to admit, you know, that I was powerless, you know, over this thing, man. And then, hey, two and three, you know, uh, asking God to bring you to sanity. And then in three, now you're letting God just completely have, you know, your will. And it could be, you know, don't let me scare you with the God thing for anybody listening. It's a higher power of your understanding. But for me, it's God. You know, and then in step five, actually, you know, um, you know, uh, the step four, where we get our resentments in and everything. Step five now, you know, we go ahead and tell another person everything we've been going through. And then now they sit back and listen and look at everything that they, you know, been presented to them. And then they write, jot down, jot down some character defects of what they've seen and what they heard. Uh, but anyway, I can go on and on all the way to 6 through 12. But if you don't do this hard work, man, and um, and you don't go through this pain that you're going to have to go through, then you're not going to get no results. And I don't sugarcoat it at all. And Ryan and Alex have both said, like, there, there were times where they could have been close to death, you know, if, if they were on this track. And, this, and they just kept going down this path. Would you, do you think that you were headed down a similarly dark path if, if you were to stay where you were going? Oh, absolutely. Because my depression, you know, kept getting worse and worse. You know, uh, and I've alluded to it before, but sometimes drugs and doing drugs was the best thing for me to get out of my depression doing that day now you're making it worse ultimately you know but hell just to god dang move your feet somewhat boy you know hell have a drink or do some coke you know just to god dang move your stuff around man so that's how bad it was like because like you said it it was getting you through the day so you went through these steps you got better how do you kind of get through the day then today what what, what are you what are you doing now for people who don't know and and how do you kind of fill that void that you used to fill with with drugs yeah well my morning starts by getting up you know praying uh i've got a morning routine i'll meditate if i can't get my meditation in i make sure i'm reading something and i read you know the daily word uh actually what my mom's been giving me shit i mean since i've been 12 years old um and so i read my daily word and you know uh there's a one a day you know kind of uh, 
passage that you read through AA, then, you know, NA actually. I'm an AA guy, but I read, you know, uh, it's kind of like a one-a-day scripture deal with uh, with NA too. Uh, so I'm, I'm just really fixing my spirit. I go to about three or four meetings a week, you know, um, depending on my schedule. Uh, and I just live a life of recovery, man. I, you know, take block them 30 minutes out in the morning and it's not like a full time job. And then I go on with my day. I got three or four guys that, you know, that I sponsor, you know, I don't run them down because I know if I'm trying to run them down, they don't want it as bad as me. Do now do, uh, different situations fit itself Well, you know, I make myself available to call them, you know, I will. But I got to make sure you want it, too. So I sponsor some guys, man. And, uh, man, whatever God has for me that day, uh, if you know, me and you were kind of late on the air today because some things going on here, you know, at the job. So, um, so man, whatever God puts in front of me, I got my spirit right for it, you know, just to deal with life. You know, and ultimately, man, you know, Tyler, what this thing has been about, too, at the same time is, I didn't know how properly to deal with life. And that's been for a long time. And now it always hadn't been alcohol and drugs, but what about that coach I gave attitude to? What about that teacher? You know, I had some choice words for Then I started replacing it with the marijuana. So these behaviors start at a young age, you know, they really do. And they carry on with you. And then it's things that gets in your way that you replace with that attitude or something. You know what I mean? So uh, if that makes sense. Uh, so yeah, man, so I, just live, I just live this thing, Tyler, man. It's not a full-time job, but my spirit's ready for anything that, you know, life is going to bring on a daily basis. The pressures of the league can just exasperate this all too. I mean, I can't imagine hey. you've got millions upon millions of people watching you, rooting for you, booing you. Um, yep. In your case, probably worse than booze after a while, and you've got to deal with all that in a certain yep. way. And there's probably—I mean, you probably have talked to so many former players that have con- gone through similar things, right? This, this this might be a bigger issue than anybody even realizes. Oh, absolutely. But now, you know, in saying that, we know what we signed up for. Now it's going about the proper way of channeling some of this energy and how how you can put yourself in positions to make good decisions, financial literacy, how you can implement your life and how you can um, conduct your business with your money, you know, family relationships, you know, there's courses and and, uh, seminars, you know, uh, the, the NFL symposium before we get in the NFL, but it's also listening to this information to help you. You know, it's not overwhelming. If you're doing the proper things and you're fixing your spirit right and you're listening and you letting people help you, you know, uh, you can overcome all the pressures of the NFL. Yeah, Quincy, man, that this has been great. I, I know you got to run, but like your your kids relationships good there, too. I know you got several. Right. And you're probably fortifying yeah. those relationships through this all as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. Everything is getting better. Right. But the only reason why. Because I'm working this program, I'm living a life of recovery, and like they say, more reve- more will be revealed, and it just keeps getting better. And I'm hey, I'm a recipient of that, man. So I'm gonna keep marching. Awesome, got that. Thanks so much for making time for us. I know you're 
you're on the go. You're, you're changing lives, helping lives. And um, glad we, we really appreciate you sharing your story with us, Quincy. Great to see you, man. Hey, thank you, buddy. Thanks for having me, Tyler. You got it. Let, let, let's stay in touch. We're, we're always uh, free here. So anytime you want to pop on and, and share something, uh, just, just let me know. Okay, buddy. Let's stay in touch, man. Great. Thanks so much. All right. Thank you.